you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Be your man, MG Marks Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and Graham Barfield. And um, so we come back from Indy, and the weather here in Los Angeles might be worse Dude, than it was in Indianapolis. It- it won't freaking stop raining. <laughs> it won't stop raining. I get people are going to come in and say, oh, third world problems. But I haven't been able to play golf ever since the end of the damn football season because it just won't stop raining. Yeah, that's pretty rough. It's, it's I mean, <laughs> for the people who are getting frozen out and ice storms think- and everything else, they have, you know, no compassion. But this sucks if you live in Southern California and you're not used to this. I think that's the biggest thing is like I've lived in states where it's been freezing cold and I would much rather have 50 and rainy than... Two and <laughs> Although then when you factor in how poorly the people drive here. Yeah. I was just wow. talking to my good buddy, uh, Justin Bailey, who works over at Action Network. And uh, he lives in Minneapolis. And they got eight inches of snow last night. Supposed to get another 12 on Saturday. So Yikes. I can't complain too much. Did you, although we had we had thunder and lightning last night. That's always fun. That was legit. Yeah. You don't get that night. on well, the West Coast very often. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was yeah. legit. In fact, I think a, a flight going from LAX to like Seattle, I think, had to come back because it got hit by lightning. Oh, dude. You had to turn around and really? go back to LAX uh, that would last night. Terrifying. So that was fine. That was kind of rough. Um, we will talk plenty of free agency stuff because that gets going next week. Uh, and but forget all the football stuff. We're going to talk Game of Thrones on this. Yeah, week, buddy. We're going to do all that. Before we get to uh, any of that, go behind the glass. Our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire is hanging out there. What's up, Murph? Well, it's good to be back from Indy with uh, you guys. It was a fun trip. And I will say, Indy might have the, the, the upper hand here in L.A. because everything in downtown Indy is connected by a tunnel. Yep. So we wouldn't even be touched by the, the snow or the rain or whatever there is. So yeah, we need how, to build those. Was it good, man? I, I've, I've been moving for like 
like the last week, and yeah. I'm still not done. It was a. Uh, it wasn't bad. I'd rather have been there. I freezing my butt off. It's I a, think it's Moving a strange sucks. Uh, off air. Me and Mark's talking before about how of a strange uh, event it is because fans show up, but fans are not allowed to eat in the stands, cheer, use like their cell phones. It's a very almost like militant style uh, event that's going on. But that being said, seeing these guys up close, I mean, it was it was pretty cool and it was great hanging with the guys. It was almost like wasn't there a baseball game, Marcus, like a couple of years ago that they played in front of no crowd at all? Oh, yeah, it was Baltimore. It was Orioles. Baltimore, right? The Orioles played one. Kind of uh, like that, yeah. Yeah, that uh, I can't remember what was going on, but uh, yeah, they had to uh, play it in front of no crowd, yeah, which was weird because no right. I watched it. I remember watching it streaming and it was yeah, we, yeah. it was like I was intruding on something. Right. <laughs> was like, I was, I'm not like, supposed bothering. to be here. Right, exactly, exactly. So we got plenty to talk about, but first, let's do some news. The news. All right. Milk Mustache. Antonio Brown. He may be traded this week. There are a lot of teams. Uh, some teams in the running. Some teams have dropped out. Uh, I hear the Raiders might be a front it, That's such a now. Raiders move. Which It's such a Raiders move. Of man. all the issues the Raiders... I mean, look, they have issues at wide receiver, too. Uh, I feel like this doesn't necessarily solve their problems, but he'll be a target monster there. I mean, I think a lot of people maybe thought Gruden was just trying to tear it down by by trading Mac, trading Cooper, getting first-round picks for them. Uh, wouldn't that just... I mean, it kind of seems like he's just like kind of aimlessly shooting here if they truly are going after Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, the good news is, though, by the time next season starts, Antonio will be 31. So that means he's just old enough, I think, to play for John Gruden right now. <laughs> and, so. and Antonio Brown in Oakland, he's <laughs> not, not going to be in my top five wide receivers. He has, just, he has just hit the threshold to be old enough to play for uh, for John Gruden. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I don't know. The Antonio Brown saga has been... Marcus, whatever. are you tired of talking about Antonio Brown? I can't yeah. tell. Him and, him and his milk mustache. <laughs> uh Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray news. Obviously, there was plenty of it in Indianapolis. Uh, the rumors going around that he looks like the number one overall pick. There's talk that Josh Rosen is on the trade block now, that they may be moving him around. Uh, so because Kyler Murray is the number one pick and because this is football and because somehow football is the only sport where this works, you become the consensus number one overall pick. And then for the next six weeks, we're going to tear you down yeah. in any single way possible. Charlie Casserly uh, said that his combine week wasn't good, that he doesn't show leadership. He can't he can't read a defense. He does bad board work. Uh, and now the latest, I don't know if you heard the latest of inflate gate that apparently his height and weight were inflated at the combine is the Jeez. latest rumor. The whole point that is circular. The whole point of the combine is to not have these types of. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and to that point about like him not being good at the combine, then why are so many freaking teams interested in it? Yeah. I, you know, I just I feel like this is all there have been some people. And I love Charlie Cashley. He's he's my guy. But there have been some people out there who have uh, including some people in this building who have uh, strongly disagreed with with, uh, with what he had said. Look, I mean, I don't think you you win a Heisman Trophy and not know how to read a defense or no. be able to do board work. Uh, I just you know, this, for the next six weeks, I think the best piece of advice is trust nothing that you read or hear. Um, in, I mean, in really, life, always. I mean, <laughs> right, but especially the next six weeks, because you're going to hear so many things about these top prospects. Um, you know, I, I still I always go back to my favorite with uh, Marcus Mariota, where the he has no red flags, and that is a red flag. Like, that was, that to me sums up the draft season. So, Kyler Murray, uh, sorry about your luck, man. You're going to get picked yeah. apart over the next six and weeks. And did you see, like, the whole, like, Twitter thing with OBJ? He did, like, the... The uh, the laughing crying emoji, yeah. and then like the the zip over the lip emoji, 
And then uh, Murray, I believe, responded and said likewise or it was something like that. So I, it seems like he's going to be the number one overall pick. Uh, he'll be Cliff Kingsbury's project. And then that means Josh Rosen's going to be traded and um, Giants, anyone? I mean, they were in on him last season. Miami Dolphins could also be a potential trade partner. Yeah, I, I mentioned the Dolphins last week with Marcus and the mm-hmm. combine. I think that's the one that makes, I think, the most logical sense. They have the 13th overall pick. Um, it's kind of similar range where, where Rosen went the year before. There was a rumor that the Cardinals were saying that they can only get a third round pick from. That is just total BS. That's, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That is just yeah. total, that's crap. total BS. I, I will say this, that. though. From a fantasy perspective, his best landing spot Long term would be the Giants because you've got Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley in that offense. That would be. Uh, I still think and that I would could, be great for him. I don't want to speak for Eddie, but I think uh, Giants fans are holding out for Haskins still. I think I think that's the that's the idea, right? The interesting thing is though, Haskins. I think across like the fan base would agree taking him at six makes the most sense. That being said, if you give up, uh, I know you just said th- a third round pick is ridiculous, but let's just say if that is the case, I know Bucky Brooks has heard some from uh, some executives that there's no value now in Rosen because everyone knows the Cardinals are taking him. So if they could be like, here's a third, I'd even do a second and a fourth. Now you get Rosen, but at six, you pick one of those defensive monsters who we saw up close. That's a hard, that's it's hard to argue against that. Honestly, at this point, if the Cardinals truly can only get a second or third, they should just hold on to Rosen for a year. Yeah. And okay. So you, so you pay, you've now had, you would now have two quarterbacks on rookie deals. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would probably be 15 to $16 million dollars. In between both of them, I don't know what Murray's deal would look out to be. That's still like in the bottom ten or fifteen in the league in terms of quarterback, in terms of money spent on quarterback. Remember back so, in the so day. So why not? Why why would you why would you take thirty cents on the dollar? Yeah. After you just spent, a, you know, what they they had to move up uh, to get him too. They had to trade a third and a fifth round pick to get up sure. to get him too. So remember I, back in the day when these quarterbacks were out of college on. and they were just banking. Like yep. Matt Stafford, Bradford, Matt Bradford. It was Matt insane, Matt, right? Matt Stafford. Yes, uh, he yes. pounded the. the yeah. By Absolutely. the way, Haskins was working out with Evan Ingram at UCLA, I believe, yesterday. So it seemed like the Giants' players already seemed to want him over, I guess, Rosen or anyone else. Oh, there you go. Well, Miami could be a trade partner as well. There, there's a few teams out there that could need a, a quarterback. How about That's the Redskins? Like, those seem like equally bad situations to what Josh Rosen would be leaving in Arizona. I mean, Washington's I feel, not good. Miami, we're, we've already talked about never Dolphins. I mean that. Mm-hmm. None of this seems to help Josh Rosen. Not that the Cardinals are out necessarily to help Josh Rosen, but this doesn't help Josh. I don't Rosen. know that there's a destination that would make him a draftable asset in fantasy next season. No, he just keeps getting screwed. I mean, yeah. Jim, Jim Morris screwed him. Yeah, Mike McCoy screwed him. Yep. Cardinals are, I guess, ostensibly. So now Kingsbury is gonna. Yeah, because Kingsbury wants uh, Kyler. Oh, Cliff. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, staying in the NFC West, the Rams reportedly, according to general manager Les Snead, they will monitor Todd Gurley's workload in 2019. Uh, we have heard the stories about arthritis in his knee that apparently it is worse than the Rams were letting on. The interesting part of this story to me is sort of the disconnect between what Les Snead is saying and sort of how Sean McVay has approached it because he's had such a uh, a blue skies attitude about it. Like, oh, Todd's feeling good. You know, uh, he's going to be okay. We're going to work with him, whatever. Although he did slip in a comment about having kind of a Batman and Robin situation, which suggests that they're going yeah. to start using someone else to kind of help give Gurley some rest. I guess the only thing I can think about this is that, you know, if this is true, this kills the chance of Todd Gurley being the number one. No, it, he's, I mean, I have Saquon exactly. number one. Top five, maybe, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I think he maybe, still maybe, ends up top five. If the Rams re-sign C.J. Anderson mm-hmm. and go into the preseason with this notion of a Batman and Robin scenario, 
is Gurley still worth a top five pick? There's a lot of good young running backs in the league, boys. A lot of them. Yeah, I mean, the question is how much? Say, you, how much does it scare you? Well, it scares you, but I think you know when they say monitoring his workload. I think there's still a question of like how much. Like obviously, he's not going to be the workhorse he was before, but he's still going to be the centerpiece of that offense. And I still think you know. I mean, I don't know. Let's not forget the Rams just paid Gurley a buttload of money. I know they still have a lot of time left and money on that contract that they can't get out of at least for the season. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I feel sorry for him that he has arthritis. <laughs> I feel sorry that he probably might need stem cell uh, treatment at some point in his career. But man, like that, that deal is going to look pretty, pretty bad if Gurley's not the centerpiece of their offense mm-hmm. again, getting 380 touches and playing 80 snap, 80% of snaps. Again. Yep. Well, and the, the question becomes then who is the other running back? Um, we're going to talk free agents. We'll get to CJ Anderson in a little bit. Uh, he may not be back. We'll see if it's, you know, Malcolm Brown. We'll see if it's John Kelly. Uh, who knows? But uh, that's going to be one to keep an eye on. More running back news in the NFC West. Man, they're busy on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Carroll says he views Chris Carson and Rashad Penny as a one-two punch. Right. Don't like to hear that. No. <laughs> I mean, that's, I guess that's sort of kind of how it was trending by the end of last year anyway. And with the price they paid, you know, trading to get Rashad Penny at the end of the first round. You just, I had the feeling that they were going to give him every opportunity to win that job this year. But... Um, and I would rather have it just, you know, they have a competition and one guy wins it instead of this potential right. two-headed monster, but it seems like that's where we're going. I guess now. it's better than one and one A, right? One uh, and two, I don't know, man. Like, sure? I, and, and Carson was, he was tremendous, dude. I mean, broken tackles uh, in terms of in terms of what he could do on the ground, red zone threat, but um, the the fact of the matter here is that the Seattle Seahawks took a first round pick in Rashad Penny last last year, and as Marcus mentioned, they're going to give him every opportunity to earn as many carries uh, as he can, regardless of what Carson did this past season. Yeah, I mean Carson only saw twenty four targets in fourteen games last year. Not a pass catcher. Not a pass. So catcher. I mean they have to have just by by de facto Chris Carson can't catch. They've got to have <laughs> right. So, I mean, look, as long as they remain as run heavy as they were, then, you know, maybe there is some value in both those guys there because obviously the Seahawks ran the ball a ton and they ran it effectively. Yep. Um and and on top of that, Russell Wilson wasn't necessarily the one running the football. So, you know, if, if that yeah. continues, both those guys maybe have some sort of value uh next season. Duke Johnson is reportedly drawing trade interest, which, you know, you, you figured kind of had to happen, right? I mean, you know, they, they obviously found something with Nick Chubb. They bring in Kareem Hunt, although we wait to see when he will be available to them, uh, you know, pending any sort of league suspension or what have you. Um, but it just, you know, Duke Johnson was increasingly the odd man out there, Graham. And this is a guy that I loved coming out of Miami. It just He just was never a great fit in Cleveland there. Yeah. You and I talk about this all the time. It's like Duke Johnson's great in theory, but they just continually don't know how to use him every year. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, they gave him a nice little extension last year, too. Mm -hmm. You're all kind of like, yeah, he'll just come back. He'll catch five, six balls per game and kind of, you know, be a fine little PPR player. But I I would think the Browns, though, they do need to have some insurance at running back because you would expect that Kareem Hunt is going to be suspended for at least 10 games because if the NFL doesn't hand down a suspension of at least 10 games, they're going to get destroyed by the media because of the evidence of what happened. We've seen it. And so if you jettison, uh, you know, Duke, you, you need to you need to have some sort of backup plan because you're probably going to be without Kareem Hunt for most of the regular season. We, we touched on it when it originally came out. But if Hunt is suspended for 10 games, the Browns then automatically his contract, he signed a one year deal. Mm-hmm. 
it automatically rolls over, tolls mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. in 2020. So they basically, if he is suspended for 10 games, they have his contract for the next two years. Mm-hmm. I think that's the move John Dorsey was had in mind. Um, so it obviously would make Duke Johnson very expendable. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. There. But but would it be expendable for next season? Yeah. When they would need. That I mean, second back. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's no, you know, there's nothing that says they can't go out and maybe draft a guy. Sure. Regardless, sure. I'm all for giving Nick Chubb more more targets. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Let's, let's yes. just let's make Nick Chubb a thing. I mean, you know, Freddie Kitchens came in and made him a thing. Oh, let's, he let's, made he made himself a thing this let's, past season. Let's let's keep making him a thing in 2019. So that'll be the slogan: Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. a thing in 2019. Uh, there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. All right. The free agency frenzy begins this week. I guess next week. Whatever. It's Wednesday. So next week, the free agency frenzy officially begins on NFL Network Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that is, uh, I think that's sort of when what the, the, what they say, the legal tampering period begins, I guess. Um, tamper, tamper. Which, you know, I don't know. Let's just say that's when free agency starts, right? Because, like, they, you know, it's like Sunday, Monday, we'll have all these, like, you know, this team and this player agreed to a deal that, so that when free agency actually opens, like, nothing actually happens because we've already known about everything. So, whatever. Anyway, check out the network Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's when everything kind of gets going. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll certainly write about it. We'll talk about it. And I believe uh, there's a, an NFL Fantasy Live on tap for yes, sir. Uh, March, Monday, March 18th. Uh, is when that is set to hit your airwaves. So uh, we'll be on talking about this as well on your television sets and your interwebs. So uh, get ready for that. And it's going to be fun too, man. There's there could be some big names that are that we, we know. Antonio Brown's going to be gone. That's not going to be a free agent move. But Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram. So you've got Golden Tate. So it's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be some interesting. It is. It is a really top heavy free agency group. Yes. Right? Yes. Very very top heavy. I'm actually working on uh, on the top thirty. And uh, yeah, I, Graham, I'd say right after about seven or eight, it gets it gets pretty. It bad. goes down. It gets pretty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so. even like some of the guys from five to eight are kind of. Mm, we'll see. There you go. Mm. Um, so let's go through some of these guys, some of the the top level guys here in free agency. Start at the quarterback position. Nick Foles right now is the marquee name at that position, and. Yeah, he's going to be a free agent, but it seems for all intents and purposes that he is going to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars seem to have zeroed in on him. It seems like that's going to be the match there. I don't know. Does that does that do anything for either of you guys having him as a starter in Jacksonville there? For me, it's it's an upgrade for the wide receivers, but a slight one because Blake Bortles enjoys turning the ball over and throwing the ball to the wrong team where Nick Foles. Uh, has actually had a propensity to be a little bit more accurate. Go back to the season where he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Nick Foles is not going to be a draftable asset. And honestly, um, the the bump up in value that any of his wide receivers might gain from him being under center in Jacksonville is not tremendous. The biggest difference between Foles and Bortles is that Foles can actually throw a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, John Filippo. I think this is kind of the why they they brought him in. Filippo was the offense coordinator, obviously during uh, Eagles Super Bowl run, and now I guess they'll get their man. But but, but w- they have they have a very high pick in the first round, though. They do. So so uh, I'm interested because like they're they're seemingly all in on Foles, but they could 
potentially get anytime you think Dave Caldwell will take a quarterback since they took Bortles they haven't done it Mm -hmm. I mean they Mm -hmm. were in prime position to take Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. they passed up on Deshaun Watson Patrick Mahomes two years ago I mean well I mean done some weird weird things right with their first round I think it finally hit them that yeah we're not getting too much further with Bortles than we've already gotten so well it's too bad they're two years late (laughs) you're you're right on you'd rather be rather be two years too early than two years too late um Teddy Bridgewater is kind of the other big intriguing name in this free agent quarterback class. And, you know, obviously a lot of people, myself included, rooting for a comeback for Teddy after uh, that horrific knee injury a couple of years ago. Uh, Now, obviously, for our purposes, I mean, unless he can find a starting job somewhere, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of fantasy value. So I guess, Graham, that begs the question, can he be a starter? Will he find a team that will allow him to be a starter in 2019? Yeah, and the one the one game that we did get was in Week 17 against the Panthers, a dead Panthers team, and he only averaged like 5.4 yards per attempt. Right. I mean, look, I'm I'm all for a Teddy comeback, but when he's played and been healthy, he's been just average right. at best, and you know, and now you've got to deal with maybe long term knee problem. It's just it, it'll be really interesting to see where he goes. Obviously, we're all pulling for him, but. Redskins could be on him uh, yeah, as well. That, so. that seems like a, a terrible match in the sense that that field surface yes, has been so yes. bad. It has destroyed knees left and right. So take a guy who has had major knee problems and put him in that stadium. Just shredded Darius Geis' knee in a freaking preseason. Right. Mm. So, I mean, it just seems it just yeah. seems like a, an awful, awful situation. Opportunities-wise, it would work. Yeah, but in terms of Field-wise, well. <laughs> scary. Mm. Um, running backs. All right, so we've talked about Le'Veon Bell. A lot. He's the top. I mean, like, I mean, I don't really know what else, to, what else to say about him other than he is the top free agent name, uh, maybe the top offensive free agent name in this class, but certainly top the free top, agent. Um, yeah, no doubt. But certainly the top running back, no doubt about that. Uh, I don't, you know, like I said, we've we've talked about him quite a bit. We'll move on. Mark Ingram though uh, is interesting, and I know Fabs, you have have kind of you know lobbied to get him to Baltimore uh, where he can possibly be right. a workhorse. But that's... I still love that fit. That's such that's a good fit, fit, right? Well, I mean, think about it, too. Ty Montgomery's a free agent. Alex Collins, he's a free he's, agent he's now. He's a free agent. And uh, Buck Allen is a free agent. So you've got Gus Edwards and really not much of anything else. And I know hey, that at the Combine... Hey, 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 don't besmirch Ken Dixon. Oh, stop <laughs> it. I'm off the Kenneth Dixon thing. Come on. Um, but this is a good fit. And uh, he would end up being a very nice RB2 if he landed in Baltimore with an opportunity to be maybe not a featured back, but pretty damn close. And people forget Ingram is a guy who is very, very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And on that same note, I was going to say, unless I'm still crossing my fingers that the the Bucks somehow get Le'Veon Bell, but Mark Ingram would also be a great. I was going to say, sure, say Tampa. Tampa he can would score be a ten good touchdowns spot. for the Philadelphia Bucks. is another yep. one too. Yep. Philly has been in the market for a running back. I feel like for like well, literally five years since they got rid of LeSean McGoy. Yeah, ever yeah. since Shady. Well, ever since Shady left, I mean, they've kind of been looking for a running back to replace him, Thanks, and it Chip. has really happened. So, so there you go. Uh, C.J. Anderson obviously, you know, was out of football for a good portion of the season came back at the end of the year we know how the story went played very well helped the Rams get to the Super Bowl um I don't know if he comes back to Los Angeles though Fabs I mean does but does what he did last year does that earn him a spot to be I mean obviously he still has something left that's what he showed us Mm -hmm. does he get an opportunity next year and you know I guess it's a situation is is the price going to be right for some team to give him a shot next year and there's plenty of teams out there that could use him What's odd is that one of the teams is the Oakland Raiders who signed him and then and then let him go ceremoniously dumped him about a day later. But 
I, I haven't talked to CJ lately. Um, I actually have to text him because uh, I want to hear what he's hearing, and I don't know that he's going to give me too much of anything, but the bottom line here is that you're right. CJ did show uh, in basically leading the Rams' backfield into the playoffs and, and then ultimately into the Super Bowl where they lost, but he can be I don't know I don't know if you've got uh, a guy who's going to give you 25 touches in a game but CJ can get in there and give you somewhere around you know 12 to 16 touches per game and, and give you some effectiveness no doubt about that and there are teams out there and there's a long list of them yeah. that could use his services we've talked we talked about this last week Marcus it's that since this running back rookie running back class is kind of shaky it's so so at best right I do wonder if CJ gets one more shot to be a 1B type player because it, that's right. what the Panthers brought him in to be. Mm-hmm. Everyone compared him to who? Jonathan Stewart. Exactly. He's the new Jonathan Stewart. Exactly. It, and I think in a perfect world, he is like, you give him 150, 160 carries and he's a 1B type player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems... Which is scary. It, he, I guess he could, which should come back to the Rams then. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like he was going to be a great fit in Carolina. It just, for whatever reason, didn't work out. Um, although I do think, you know, in hindsight, I think the Panthers, if they had had their way to do it again... They might have kept him around here just to kind of take some of the pressure but off. He, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey was great last year, no doubt. Yeah. But I think just to take some of that pressure off of him a little bit. CJ did fit in very well in Los Angeles um, and, and, you know, gained, gained a very quick rapport with his teammates. And I'm sure that they will be lobbying, uh, including Sean McVay, to, to potentially bring him back to be insurance. Malcolm Brown, I believe, is a restricted uh, free agent, um, but assuming he'll be back, I still think C.J. Anderson is clearly an upgrade there at, at the RB2 spot in L.A. Uh, moving over to the wide receivers, uh, you know, a, a thing that you brought up in Indy, Graham, was that you know, with the running backs not performing well, that it helps a guy like Le'Veon Bell in his free agency uh, chase there. On the flip side, the wide receivers, as we talked about, they showed out in a big way as a group. They ran well. They tested very well. All those guys really opened some eyes. John Brown right now might be the top receiver on this free agent market, but with all the wide receivers at the combine testing well, does that sort of work the opposite of the running backs? Does that maybe hurt a guy like John Brown in free agency? I don't know, man, because it's really just three big names for the receivers, right? And one of them really isn't even a big name is Tyrell Williams. So it's just John mm-hmm. Brown, Gold yep. Tate, and Tyrell. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I always feel like the, the true lid lifters like John Brown have always been a little bit undervalued in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still... I'm hoping that he finds a way to, to, to make his way to Cleveland or either Green. You're 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 digging yeah. your heels in on that one. Yeah, man. I, I really brown to the brown. I really want it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just because it's such a light free agent class, like we kind of previously discussed, I don't really know if it hurts him too too much. Yeah, uh, I mean, very curious to see where he ends up because he is a guy who like you know we we saw. Look, I know that his numbers weren't great last season, but. When Joe Flacco was there, John Brown was actually, you know, making plays. He was putting up some numbers. It's when Lamar Jackson took tremendous. over that, yeah. it, that things changed. When Flacco was the quarterback, he averaged a career high in yards per game and yards mm-hmm. per reception. Yeah. I mean, that's Joe Flacco. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, you put him somewhere with a quarterback that still has a little juice left, then, then maybe John Brown goes back to, you know, what we saw that made him fall, that made us fall in love with him back when he was in Arizona. So hopefully that, that happens. Uh, Golden Tate, one of the other guys that you mentioned there, that, that is uh, one of the top names in this class. I mean, obviously we have seen in the past Golden Tate go out and perform well. It didn't happen in Philadelphia. And I just wonder, you know, are we left with a bad taste in our mouth because of what happened with the Eagles, Fabs? Or, or do we look back at Golden Tate's history and say, you know what, this guy can still be productive well, in the I mean, right situation? He was productive last season with Detroit. He averaged, what, almost 10 targets a game, over six catches a game. 
uh, averaged 6.4 yards after catch with the Lions, and then he went to the Eagles and averaged five and a half targets a game, 3.8 catches per game, and that's where his bread was really buttered in terms of PPR. He'd catch a ton of balls, and he also averaged 5.1 yards after catch uh, which was was not good. In fact, that would be the second lowest total of his career. So get him out of there. I'd love to see him go to Green Bay. That would be a great fit. Randall Cobb is a free agent. I don't know that the Packers are going to bring him back. I mean, selfishly, I'd love to see him go to the Dallas Cowboys and replace Cole Beasley. That would be another weapon in the, in the arsenal there for Dak Prescott. But um, Golden Tate to sort of resurrect any fantasy value he might have in 2019 needs to get the heck out of Philadelphia. I can't imagine if the Cowboys don't want to pay Cole Beasley that they're I know. going to want to pay Cole I know. It's a, selfish, <laughs> it's a selfish point of view. It's likely not going to happen, but... But hey, you got Jason Witten back, though, so, you know. I know. What's that? Jason, Jason Witten's going to hoover, like, five targets per game, average three yards per catch, and piss all of us. Dude, off. I know. When I when I saw that come through on Twitter, I did, uh, at first I was like, I, I mean, I love Jason Witten. He's one of the greatest tight ends. I mean, let's face it. The, the, the guy is going to go to the Hall of Fame when he eventually is done playing in the National Football League. But you're then you come in, you're going to be the guy. You got Blake Jarwin there. You got Swain there. You, I don't know. I really, really. I don't know. know. It, it, we've, it, we finally got a season where Zeke got odd. bad targets. And I really hope that Witten coming yeah, back. Doesn't I know. Be, I know. <laughs> not be fed. It was odd. Yeah. Well, that leads us to the tight end position. And I looked at the tight ends. I mean, there aren't any really names that really just blow you away there uh mm-hmm. but i picked a couple i mean jared cook who surprised all of us last year by by having the breakout season that i think people predicted for him like a decade ago yeah like when he was at the st louis <laughs> you know like he finally put it together uh i mean i guess the question is like is this is this something he can repeat or was this this is just like a, a once in a lifetime I don't was, know. was this your magical season here fabs where, yeah i think it was but where is he going you know, that's the big question. You know, the Raiders had issues at wide receiver all season long with Martavis Bryant and, and, and his mess. And, you know, Jordy Nelson w- was unreliable at best. So there was a lot of opportunities there for Jared Cook, who did become the number one target for Derek Carr on that offense. Now, we'll see what happens. I mean, even if he remains in Oakland, there's talk that the Raiders are in on Antonio Brown. We shall see. But the the good the good thing for Jared Cook from a fantasy perspective is that that position, you know, is coming off maybe one of the worst statistically that we've seen. So he's still going to end up being a tight end one as long as he ends up on a team where he is the number one option at that position. And if he stayed in Oakland, that would be the case. Uh, the other one, Tyler Eifert, who his talent, his talent is undeniable. I feel bad for that dude. I mean, he just can't stay. He on just the can't field. stay on the field. And I mean, I think, you know, I, I look, I mean, the situation obviously will matter for him, Graham. But I just think I think. People are going to probably stay away from him because why would I spend a draft pick on a guy that I'm not sure I can get more than, you know, eight games out of in any given season? Yeah, he's going to get, obviously, just a one-year prove-it deal and hope he can stay healthy. Um, the, the ankle injury last year was just a total freak thing, but, I mean, he is... I mean, he, there's no way he can be anywhere close to peak health. Not at this point. I mean, not at this point. He's dealt no. with everything under the sun at this, at this mm-hmm. point. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, the the other tight ends, it was like you know Austin Safarian Jenkins was there. I think like every Bengals tight end is a free agent. Dwayne, yeah, I think uh, C.J. Uzama is a free agent. Croft as well. Uh, you know, Dwayne Allen is a free agent. Although it looks like he he may be trying to go back to the Patriots. Remember when Dwayne Allen was like a thing? In it was a thing. He had like eight touchdowns. He was a thing, and then Jack Doyle came and made him not a thing anymore. And then that Eric Abron came in and made Jack Doyle not a thing. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. The t- tight end position is. 
I don't know. I mean, we're we're praying that you know we get a healthy season out of Hunter Henry. That yes. Danny Walker comes OJ back. Howard OJ Howard got to stay Howard, healthy. You know, hey, Noah Fant maybe comes in, gets drafted by somebody. I saw, in fact, I saw recently. Uh, I think in his latest mock, Daniel Jeremiah has Noah Fant going to the Packers, which would be interesting. Ooh. Um, mm. Maybe make he he made the comparison that he would be a it, younger Jimmy Graham. No, Noah Fant hopefully will go at some point in the late first round and anyone back there I'll be thrilled with there you go so so you go there's the uh, the free agency again free agency frenzy starts on NFL Network Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern check that out and again uh, NFL Fantasy Live our free agency special is on Monday March 18th all right now for the real part of the show Oh, um, I, in case you hadn't seen Eddie, I wish we had the music and yeah, play it. I, I think I think we would oh, probably would get be so uh, excited. Do you sure, think I'm, the HBO overlords would be pretty pissed about that. I think they, I yeah. think they would yeah. be, they would come down on us. Uh, well, HBO like, HBO's got some issues of their own right now because the Jackson family, I believe, is suing them for that whole. Oh uh, they're not worried about it. I've watched one part. Did you I watch any of that? I have not. Yet. I watched the first one, dude. It's disturbing. I mean, like I I don't know what's true and what's not true, but it was it was. Disturbing. Yeah, I haven't watched to say the yet. least. But what was not disturbing? That GOT trailer. Oh, the, game of, the Game of Thrones trailer came out. That's that was kind of what the first thing I saw when I logged onto the internet yesterday morning and was like, "Yep, here we go." Times, how many times did you watch it? Uh, I've watched it three times. Yeah. Um. So yes, the final season begins April fourteenth. Um. The final season. Oh. The, the final season was it six episodes? I think each episode is going to be like, like ninety minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um. You know, in fact, if you hadn't heard the. The final battle, whatever they're calling it, was apparently brutal to shoot. Like, all the actors involved were like, yeah, this is like the worst thing we've ever had to shoot. Oh, my gosh. We think it's going to look amazing, but we don't ever want to have to do an experience like that ever again because it was just so rough to, to do. Um, but now that we're getting to the end and we're going to find out who wins the Game of Thrones, uh, I wanted to get everybody's kind of bold predictions for, for what happens in this thing. I mean, you know... I, Fabs, you, you, I, I, I know you said you think Jamie Lannister is going to do away with Cersei, which I don't know if it's right. a bold prediction. That's not I feel bold. like that's you know that that's yeah. a thing that that almost certainly seems to. Yeah, I mean that, that that's not bold at all. I think the 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 bigger question that everyone has is what's going to happen between Jon Snow and uh, the Khaleesi. Yeah. Oh, I think I think we know what's going to happen. Well, do what? <laughs> what, is, what? Well, okay. Outside of that, outside, <laughs> so so is is there going to be a a uh, a child here? Because the, you know, I, I know that there's there's been talk that she can't have children now, but. Who knows? I mean, John Snow left, got resurrected from the dead. Yeah, they so left, anything's possible. They left that completely open. By the by the way, the so end. that would be like a full-blooded Targaryen, basically, right? That would end up taking over the throne. Um, does John? Does John decide? You know what? And this is the kind of dude that his character is. I, I don't. I don't need to be the ruler. Um, I, I'm going to go to Winterfell. I'm going to rule over Winterfell, where my father, who's not really my father, but my father Ned Stark ruled, and maybe he does that. Um, does does uh, you know the the Khaleesi win the Game of Thrones? I mean that that to me would be the most un uh, unbold prediction of all time when it comes to Game of Thrones, right? Because that's where it all kind of seems to be going. Yeah, I mean. I think in the end that, that that that's not that's not all that. No, it's not. It's not we, <laughs> right. We, we we but what do we want to see? We want to see we want to see the hound against his brother. Well, that that, that has to happen. That's going to happen. We have to have the Clegane Bowl. Which right? There'll <laughs> be Clegane Bowl. If you watch <laughs> if you watch the trailer and and you have Arya was running for her life in the beginning of it. Is she subject to maybe be one of the characters that ends up perishing in this? 
I don't think she's allowed to die. She's one of the few that George R. R. Martin's wife said in the beginning that you could write this book to whatever you want with she's, it, but she she cannot you cannot be killed. You, she's also, so his wife that's is like a known thing. She's also no happy one. wife, happy she, life. Right. So she's she, also no one, and you can't mm-hmm. kill no one. Ah, good point. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. That's that's who I think might be the one to kill Cersei. Is Arya because she's Jamie's on the face, list wearing uh, Jamie's face? I, that's what I think is going to happen. Interesting. So I, don't, interesting. I don't think Jamie will get full redemption. I think he's going to die like a almost like a tragic hero, but not entirely because so then, the game the, the Game of Thrones itself is not a nice story. So no one gets full redemption. Based on the prophecy, then then it would be Tyrion who kills Cersei. No, I th- I think right? that is because no, it's got to be her brother. But I think wearing the face of the brother, I think, takes the place of it. By the way, we probably should have started this segment with spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what, whatever. It was uh, a long t- if you haven't here. watched it at this point, uh, you probably turned the pot off. True. So, I uh, I can give my quick predictions. I think that the that Sansa ends up on the throne. I think you could okay. see with her training, like how she her her upbringing and how she always wanted that seat, um, and then she goes through. That's an interesting some, one. Arguably, some of the worst uh, tragic stuff in the whole story, mm-hmm. and then her like, but she was been smart the whole time. She learned from Cersei. She learned from everyone she watched. Uh, I think Tyrion becomes her hand of the king. I think he lives. Um, I think because they did have a, pre- a previous relationship, but he was one person to not take advantage of her, and actually is a one of the few, I guess, good-hearted people in the story. And then I believe that John just becomes like warden of the North, similar to what uh, Ed, uh, Ned Stark was before. Obviously, he went down. I think because I don't think John wants anything to do with. I think either that John. happens or John dies. I don't think John dies. I, think I John don't think John die. dies. They, 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 they already, you already, never know. They've already done that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like they've already done. You that. never know. I, I mean, he's Daenerys been dies. he's been stabbed. He's you think been, Daenerys dies? Oh yeah. George R. R. Martin said it's not going to be a happy ending. I oh yeah. She, she's going down. I think she dies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, John has already been killed basically four times in the show. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, the other dude, the other dude, de- you know, died how many times throughout the course of the the series, and he just keeps coming back. So I would say that. So here's the thing. I think it ends up because you mentioned Sansa, kind of, you know, having worked her way there. Um, she is still married to Tyrion Lannister, by the way. Yeah. So that's how that's how I think Tyrion ends up on the throne because okay. Sansa somehow wins this whole thing, and it's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> do you remember? By the way, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're still married. One thing I want to know, just in conclusion uh, with, with the show, is how is the, like, who is the Night King and how are their ranks delegated? I think like, how do you kinda, move up through the ranks? They kind of alluded to who it was. It was yeah. like an old Stark years and years, like one of like the first men. And yes. Like, then like the children of the forest captured him and like stabbed him with that. And he right. became yep. what yep. that is. Right, yeah. right. That's how they, that's how the White Walkers are created. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so that you know that that I don't know. Um, look, I'm still I'm still hung up on uh, the Night King's his accuracy from the pocket when he <laughs> taking down a dragon there. I um, mean, if Blake Bortles was that <laughs> accurate, he'd be playing for the Jaguars. Right, he'd still do be around. You, do you think that John has to be the one to fight him, or do you think that maybe Jamie? Oh, it's got to be John. I it's think got to be Jamie could be the King Slayer again and actually mm. do a good deed. I think he or Jamie goes down actual, trying to kill yeah, him. I think and, also that's true. Yeah, damn Eddie, you should be you should be writing on the show. Well, well I, Eddie, I Eddie has read all the books. Yeah. Eddie's read all the books. Yeah, so. He, the, so I would think out of, out of the four of us, you are the expert here. Yeah. So I uh, I've noticed the show and and now the writers and George himself, they've done a really good job of not just giving you. It's never the easy guess. Well, then how do you how do you feel that? Obviously, the last couple of seasons they've gone away from the books. Yeah. I guess George R. R. Martin has no. I mean, he has no reason to really write the final book. Yeah. I mean, I, how I, how I do you does. how do you think that they've done in terms of scripting? 
because I've seen some, some complaints that some of the scripting has gone downhill. Yeah, I think um, some of the stuff that in the books, and it's not, it, you could argue it's not ultra major things that have changed, but there are some aspects of the book that if they continue out in the show, a lot of the fans would be like, that's pretty awesome. But it, then it becomes in the whole thing of like, well, you're not going to, you have to introduce a lot more characters. And then that's more, that's in real life terms, more salary, you know, more budget for these people. And, and, and uh, yeah. we all know the issues that HBO had with the show with the budget early on. And it just makes it almost impossible to show in an hour long yeah. episode. So some stuff was just not really feasible. And that, that does change the outcome of like what was changed from the, from the print to the screen. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, they obviously, we started with this huge, character base and now they've had to condense 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 yeah condense, condense. <laughs> they've combined um, they've combined certain aspects of multiple characters to one person yeah that, that happens a lot yeah. it has happened a lot in, yeah. in the show specifically um which is why the, like there are some other really cool things like north of the wall that have happened uh, more like a lot of winterfell stuff because they kind of shifted away from winterfell in the last few seasons uh and obviously now we saw in the trailer that they come back to to winterfell there's a large there's a scene with jamie in i would there. think that's going to be where the final battle is I right think it at comes, winterfell ultimately it comes back yeah but there are a lot more uh i guess i don't know for lack of a better term cool stuff that goes on while winterfell has been like kind of ransacked uh that happens in the books i think some of the stuff the, the fan base would love but it's just it's it's very very hard to show that in the in the show um despite even these the season being feature like like marcus said before yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm sure we will talk plenty about it. Who knows? This may have to be a weekly segment oh, on I the pod once to, yeah. once we get to the season starting uh, April 14th, man. So it's uh, just about a month away before the final season of Game of Thrones starts. So uh, yeah, I don't know. This will, you know, we'll, we will we will dive back in. Is it? Do you think this is like the most? Because it's it's been forever since the last season. I actually have to go back and watch yeah, the last yeah. season here in the next few weeks. But is this the most anticipated final season of any television I show? I don't think ever? Close. I think it's. I, yeah. don't, I don't think anything is close to this. Yeah. It's, it's got to be. Event. It's yeah. got to be. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with one. Well, one it's got to be. One thing I always come back to is like I can understand if you're not super into like the mystical stuff of mm. Game of Thrones, but at the very least, you have to appreciate just how great the character storytelling is. Sure. Their budget and all the action. We may never get a show like this ever again with mm-hmm. this terms oh, no. of budget and this hype. Nope. Uh, with this character development, with this suspense. Sure. At the very least, you've got to be able to. to it was it that. was a very political type show early on too. It's all it really was, was a race for power. Yeah. Um. And the storytelling was so good, and the character development was so good. That's what really hooked people. The whole dragon, Night King stuff was very late. I mean, yeah, they hinted at those things, but that was like very later on. It was still more of a mystery of like, hey, what's north of the wall? What's going on here? But <laughs> mm-hmm. really, what it was back in, in the earlier seasons was who's going to kill who for that claim to the throne or to be in like the you know the winner's circle of that. That's I think what really sucked. The, most of the crowd in so I, I think people who say oh I don't like dragons like well you're missing the entire point of the yeah. <laughs> right exactly so, so but l- let me ask you one more question there Mr. Expert <laughs> what happens with the dragons what happens I, with the dragons? I think and I think they well because Rhaegal, I think that was the one really really important part of the trailer to dive back into more of the trailer specifically yep. was when the two dragons were down and John was able to approach yes. one one being well, his father right the Rhaegal, right, right right so yep. he's on his father's n- yep. named after a dragon I think that's a it's a telltale sign that John obviously is part uh, Targaryen yep. which is uh, which is a cool little uh, tidbit yeah they drop well they dropped that too earlier. Um, I can't right. remember. Was it season six or seven where John walked up? It was season seven, early season seven. Yeah, John walked up to the dragon and yeah, right. Yep. And, and the turn that yeah, and, but I think that the dragon off. laying down. It's like if he actually, uh, I mean, I think the minute we see him riding one, 
and yeah. being one of the riders of the dragons would be well that's gonna happen a really special moment that, that's, that's gonna be a big happen. deal in the show yeah mm-hmm. so. all right that's a good start. Man, I can't wait. Here we go. It's going to come in, like I said, just wait. a little more than a month. All right, that's it. We're done. We appreciate you, as always, listening. You know how this goes. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you know, we never really grow up. We just learn how to behave in public. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.